Good morning. It is my joy to welcome you as we begin to gather in as God's people on a somewhat sunny, soon-to-be summer uh, morning. We are so glad that you are here. We give God thanks for you. I know some of you are here as a part of uh, celebrating mothers and caregivers, and so we particularly welcome you as well as those who, for whom this day is not only a day of celebration but also sadness. And we recognize the breadth and depth of our experience in our life on a special day that we remember the gracious care that has been given to each of us. So I welcome you. We have uh, friendship pads. We use those to get to know each other. We have information sheets that if you'd like to know more about our church, you may do that. But we're really glad you're here. Thank you for uh, being here this morning. Last night, I had the honor of attending a third annual interfaith dinner with uh, many of the Muslims a part of CARE, um, and it was a fantastic and wonderful celebration together. Uh, I have been blessed by the Muslim community for some time. Um, I began my work with them uh, many years ago uh, in the early 2000s. I was a, a world religion professor at Midway College, and I would take all these students, a class full of women, to the mosque when it was in the small building on Georgetown Street for a Friday prayer. And this was in the immediate aftermath of 9-11. And it was always interesting to watch young adults as they entered into a space that they weren't certain would be friendly and welcoming to them, only to find that there was a warmth and an acceptance and a joy that was a part of that community that they were enlivened by. And through the years, I have been deeply, deeply touched and blessed by my Muslim friends. Uh, one Muslim friend is a doctor for immediate family member. Another uh, was the attending physician for my mother when she was in the hospital about a month and a half ago. And we were there in the hospital room, and here comes the physician, and it's Dr. Faruqi. And what an uplift it was in my heart to see a friend who was also now professionally giving care to my family. And those are the things we discover when we come together as a community. And Lexington has this incredible warmth that we are a, a city large enough to do a lot of things, but a small enough to really know each other in a more complete and special way. <clears throat> so often, in the aftermath of attacks upon houses of worship, Communities only come together as a result of tragedy and sadness, by necessity. But when we come together before that happens, it's in part like crisis intervention. For we truly hope and pray that nothing like this would happen to our community, but sadly we know too often it can. And if we have to walk into a room where we are with those who are suffering deeply, it's helpful to have already established a relationship, a friendship, a connection. So I encourage you to reach out to your Muslim, Jewish, and other Christian friends and build those relationships. We have that power. We have that potential. For we live in a scary world, and a world that so often takes attention away from all the good that is there. And if all you know about these different faith systems is what you read on the news, then you're really not getting down into the true roots of these communities. And so as I worship today, I am remembering my Muslim friends and neighbors 
in the season of Ramadan who are taking their faith so seriously that for 30 days they are not eating anything from sunrise to sunset, either eating or drinking. I'm remembering my Jewish friends who in the wake of rising anti-Semitism are wondering, what is our place now in America? And I'm remembering my place as a Baptist who honors the freedom of religion and the liberty of conscience and recognizing that as I allow others to express their faith freely, they are extending to me the same right as well. So there's a lot of good in a world where there's a lot of challenge. And let us celebrate and worship all the great and goodness of our wonderful and incredible God. Welcome to Central Baptist Church. Please stand as you are able and join me for the call of worship. We rejoice in the one who leads us beside still waters. Christ, our shepherd, shows us the way we should go. Though all manner of evil befall us, we will not be afraid. We are never away from the love and mercy of the Lord.
Please pray with me. Father, we come together to give you thanks and celebrate the gift of your love, a love that supports, nurtures, and challenges us in ways that strengthen and transform us. Today, as we celebrate Mother's Day, we give thanks for mothers the world over, for those who have nurtured us, have cared for us, birth mothers, adoptive mothers, aunts, grandmothers, teachers, neighbors, friends, all women who have shared their hearts with us. It is in your name we pray and thank you. Amen. Let's pass the peace. Christian witness this morning comes from Acts chapter 9, verses 36 through 42. Now in Joppa there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. At that time she became ill and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in a room upstairs. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples who heard that Peter was there sent two men to him with the request, Please come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the room upstairs. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put all of them outside, and then he knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. Then she opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then, calling the saints and widows, he showed her to be alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. For the Lord, word of the Lord that works its way into us. Thanks be to God.
Let's pray together, please. Dear God, we realize it has to go past our good intentions. It has to go past our good behavior. It sometimes even has to go past our best effort. It has to go all the way into changing who we are on the inside, the very hearts of who we are. We strive toward that every day, dear Lord. And we pray that you will continue to transform us from the inside out. So these acts that we do, these gifts that we give, will be more holy. In Christ's name I pray.
during the 1980s when I was a youth minister, I was greatly influenced by the work of H. Stephen Glenn. And he had a series of lectures that became very popular with youth ministers and school teachers and school administrators called Developing Capable Young People. Later was turned into a book with even a greater title, Raising Self-Reliant Children in a Self-Indulgent World. And on a day where we are remembering the caregivers and mothers and the foundation that we have been blessed with and the incredible and wonderful ways in which those that have cared for us when we were young have helped provide a stable foundation for our lives. He had one line that has always stayed with me, a great line for a day like today. It was this, weaning is never a pleasurable experience for the weaner or the weenie. <laughs> but it's mutually necessary for the survival of both. We need each other. We need each other through the seasons of life to gain confidence, to understand the world, to be cared for. But then we need seasons when we are let go into the world like little robins flying the nest. Times where we build in ourselves capability and competence and an ability to be more self-reliant. And it's natural and healthy to develop this greater sense of autonomy and self as we go about our ability to change normal patterns and skills toward more sustainable habits. And that's the purpose of a sabbatical. Most of you have heard, if you haven't been tired of me talking about it yet, that I begin soon a sabbatical break from my normal responsibilities. In fact, as I was coming in this morning in the lobby, someone said, does your sabbatical start tomorrow? I said, no, in about an hour. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, short sermon. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But the purpose of a sabbatical is a time where we can learn things apart that we could never learn when we are together. And all relationships need that space at times. Husband and wife, you need some space sometimes, don't you? Parent and child, teacher and student, any of you folks looking forward to summer break? Employer, employee, minister and church, seasons of disengagement as we work toward a more fulfilling re-engagement. So I have three wishes for you this eight weeks, two months, as I back out of the picture for a short period of time. And the first wish and prayer is that you would discover your eager yes. That you would discover your eager yes. And in doing so, let me take a couple of pages out of what will be a big focus of my work in looking through this incredible dense forest known as Ulysses, written by James Joyce. This incredible book, uh, the version I'm reading is 783 pages long with hundreds of thousands of words. 30,000 words are repeated throughout the book 16,000 words in this book are only there one time. 
It is a dense forest. And I'll be plowing my way through it, but I want to talk about two pages, the last page and the first page. For the last word in the book Ulysses is the word yes. And in fact, the seven last words in Ulysses, sound familiar, seven last words, is yes, I said, yes, I will, yes. Now, Joyce was no pietist or purist. He's not trying to talk about theology. Though he was raised a Jesuit in a Jesuit education, and there's all kinds of religious symbiology in his book, it was actually banned in America in the 1920s when it was first released because it was too vulgar. Another reason why maybe I would like the book. Set in one day in Dublin, Ireland, June 16th, and the ordinary happenings of the lead character, Leopold Bloom, and the celebration in Dublin called Bloom's Day that they hold every June 16th when I will be there. But someone has noticed a hint in the very first word of the book as well. So the first four words that begin this incredible magnum opus, Ulysses, has as its introduction, stately, plump, buck, mulligan. Introducing a character who is crass and a bit of a macho bully and the anti-symbol of the more sensitive masculinity that I think Joyce is trying to get at. But, but hold firm and fast to that word stately. And here's what was recognized. And one of the things Joyce does, and he does masterfully throughout the whole book, Stately, S-T-A-T-L-E-Y. First, if we lift out the letter L from the word stately, we perhaps might recognize that it is, has been a symbol for the word God. That Elohim is the alliteration of the word Yahweh in Greek, and throughout history and times, the letter L has stood for God. Then we take out the T-A-T and recognize that oftentimes Christ is referred to as the Alpha and the Omega and has been identified with the Greek letter Alpha, A. And the A sits between two T's, just as Christ was crucified between two thieves on the cross. Now again, Joyce is not dealing with theology, but introducing a theme that will be replete through the book of the father and son relationship that is oftentimes frustrated, oftentimes abandoned, oftentimes absent, and also can be rediscovered. But if you stayed with me so far, taking out the L, the T-A-T, you are left with what? S-E-Y. We would pronounce that say, and if we bring it back the other way, it would be the word yes. And so there's a hint in the very first word that will be brought forward 700 plus pages later as the emphatic word, perhaps saying that there is a hidden yes within all of us. It may be twisted, it may be reversed, it may be complicated, but there is a yes 
that we passionately have in the deep roots of our being. A yes to life, a yes to love, a yes to being, a yes to doing, a yes to the goodness of grace and incredible experiences of life itself. And that part of the task of living through our ordinariness is to embrace our yes. The yes of the Spirit that's declared upon you as forgiven, as redeemed, as capable, as gifted, as beloved. Now, I know what happens during a sabbatical. Well, you know, the preacher's not going to be there. Maybe I can just back away for a while. Well, I hope you won't make that decision. Charles, Aaron, Raleigh, the support they receive from Mark and Thomas are carrying heavy loads. Loads in our children's ministry, pastoral care, outreach, and all the myriad thousands and hundreds of things that go into making this a special congregation. And many of you participated and heard the report from the staff transition committee that was encouraging a greater lay participation and involvement in the life of our church. And so it is my first prayer that over the next two months that you will take a step up, not a step back, in your commitment, engagement, and participation in the life of our church. Now's the time to come together in a more solid way. My second wish I'm afraid has to move me from preaching to meddling, and I understand I may be going there, but here it is. We are going to have a wonderful slate of special preachers and speakers over the next, next eight weeks. You'll see them listed. And you are an incredibly intense congregation when it comes to listening. And if something's really being presented to you, then you really get involved with it in your mind. But oftentimes, what you show in your face is not the hospitality that you intend. <laughs> and it's happened to me. Sometimes I might say something a little edgy or a little risky, and you kind of see the shock look come over someone's face. And then I'll ask later, were you with me on that? Was I pushing it too far? And they said, oh, no, I was, I was right with you. In fact, I was almost ready to say amen, but I held my tongue. And we need some folks that will be comfortable saying yes. Thank you. I always depend on the choir to lead the way. Or that other word that sometimes you hear, and that's amen. Oh, you guys are right on cue. I'm going to turn around and face you more often. <laughs> the problem is with my profile if I turn this way they can't see half the congregation so that's just the way it is we need this positive emotive hospitality when we're gathered publicly and there are occasions where we can get a little stoic in our response in worship because let's face it we're white Anglo-Saxon Protestants and we're a little bit uncomfortable in our body and when we've had African-American speakers here, I've asked them after, how has that been? And they said, well, I'm not really sure they were with me. But you were. But what was getting received from posture and expression has been so much head stuff that it always hasn't been a warm reception. So 
This is an opportunity to break out of some comfort zones and to have a few folks, like was said of the New Testament, Barnabases, men and women, who encourage those around them by saying, yes, go, amen. Finally, the final wish, that you will integrate whatever it is you might learn over the next two months into the future of what this church is going to become. For indeed, you are the church. You are the church. And a Baptist church, no less. A Baptist church that believes that we are all equal before God, that no one is more special than anyone else, and we are not a church of followers, except to follow Jesus. But we are a group of leaders who work collaboratively and cooperatively together for the greater mission of God. And every single Christian, every single part of the church has a fitting role to play. And that we come together in integration because we are strongest when all of us are equal and while all of us are sharing the burden and responsibilities of what it means to be the beloved community of God. I think that's in part what we're hearing in the Bible lesson. In Acts chapter 9, this woman, Hebrew named Tabitha, and Greek named Dorcas. And she is known, as you heard, as a person who spent all of her time constantly doing good deeds and acts of charity. That's who she was. Now, Joppa of that day is the modern city of Jaffa in Israel, a coastal town, a town full of trade and commerce, a cosmopolitan town, a town of great diversity, a town where there's all kinds of different folks that are there. And Dorcas, Tabitha, saw as her response to this world that had all these swirling kinds of competing loyalties to be one that was focused on continually doing good deeds and acts of charity. That's what she was known for. And when she died, there was great crisis in the church. Who was going to be the next Dorcas? Who was going to carry forward all the great things that she had done? And the story miraculously begins with Peter, who comes to her bedside and offers her the gift of resurrection, which is incredible. It helps us realize that this gospel story of the goodness of God found in Jesus is going to go through many different barriers and communities and challenges, even death. And that Jesus will share with his followers the very gifts that he presented to those who first knew him. But what the story doesn't tell us is that time when Dorcas died permanently. Who was going to carry forward that work? How are we going to live in this heritage of continually doing good deeds and acts of charity? That we are all the descendants of Dorcas and the early church. And that this commission of doing those good things is a part of who we are and what we should be. That we have an example of the past that has blessed us. But we cannot sit back and assume that the work is done. But only be strengthened from what we have gained in the work that must continue. And so may it be said of all of us that we are continually doing good deeds and acts of charity, and we all must be involved in that incredible 
healing and life transforming enterprise. I close with a quote from a beautiful book written in 2000 by Anne Lamont in the perfect title for the blessing I'm taking with me. Her book was called Traveling Mercies, the first one that became popular. She writes this. It is unearned love, the love that goes before, that greets us on the way. It's the help you receive when you have no bright ideas left, when you are empty and desperate and have discovered that your best thinking and the most charming charm has failed you. Grace is the light or electricity or juice or breeze that takes you from the isolated place and puts you with others who are startled and embarrassed and eventually grateful, as you are, to be there. I know the next two months will be a great blessing for me, and I appreciate the opportunity for sabbatical, but my greater prayer is how much of a blessing it can be also for you and for this church. Amen. Our closing hymn is hymn 744, Arise, Your Light Has Come. May you sing it with gusto and respond with faith as we stand together and sing. I hope you'll take the blue sheet that you were uh, given in your bulletin to uh, keep with you with the awareness of all the activities and invitations for you to be a part of. It also has the list of those who will be leading us over the next few weeks in worship. So please be a part of that experience, and I hope that you will uh, engage and be renewed uh, in the time ahead. And I saw Charles out there, but I don't know if there's anything else I need to say before we are dismissed. Okay, got the thumbs up. So you guys are ready to go. You might actually beat the Methodist today to church. I don't know if we'll do lunch. No. Can we?
sure. Sure, thank you, Gerard. Yes. So let us bow our heads. Are you through talking? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Let's bow our heads then. Oh, God, we're grateful for Mark, our minister, ambassador, who she gives and shares so much with us. Now, as he goes and he seeks to study and expand his experience and, uh, and come back and share with us a, an enlarged person, we ask your blessings upon him in his travel and his reading and his study. And may we as a church be consistent in our giving and commitment and ready for him as he returns in full force. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Joy. I appreciate that. My wife, you make her. <laughs> <laughs>